Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2. I'm John Norman and this week the Collective is bringing you another exclusive interview. This time with a man who will forever be synonymous with Headingley. No, not Ben Stokes, but a player who did what even Jeffrey Boycott failed to do and that score centuries in both innings at the grounds. It was that famous West Indies win against England in 2017. Delighted to say that the West Indies batsman Shea Hoke will be in conversation with Barry Wilkinson. As over the course of the next 40 minutes, he'll discuss his career so far, being educated in England and his ambitions to be part of another triumphant West Indies side at a World T20. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Hope is driving in the air. Hope getting in on the app now. That's gone over long off. That sailed for six. Here is Moeen again. Down the wicket. Oh, that's gone enormous. That's gone straight over the commentary box. It's landed on the roof above us. Welcome back. And whoop, off it goes. What about that, Nick? Curran in. Full and driven through extra cover for four. Shea Hope has put that away beautifully. No swing at all. Stokes in again and bowls to Hope. Is driving beautifully through mid-off. That's gone for four. That's the second glorious shot we've seen from Shea Hope. Here he comes in again and bowls. And this time it's short and cut away. Delightful shot. That's going to go into the boundary for four. The top player, this lad, he's got real ability. Mark Wood to bowl to Shea Hope. And he does so now. And Hope is forward and drives down the ground. That is glorious. Don't worry. You could be Greenwich Haynes and you'd be pleased with that. Plunkett to complete the 12th over of the innings. It's Hope carving in over backward point and that will run away for four. Shea Hope launches him back over his head and that will be a one-bounce four. Rashid will bowl to Hope who decides to get after him and he does it beautifully. He's hit him into the players' seats. Shea Hope showing he's got the class perhaps to take over from Chris Gale. When he retires, he's only 25, Gale is 39 in terms of age. Well, it's great to have Shea Hope on the collective here on Talk Sport. We're on the bay front on the south coast of the island in Barbados, just a stone's throw away from the hustle and bustle of Bridgetown, the nation's capital. Well, Shea, look, I wish we were here talking after another masterful century, but it's another week of misery in the world with the ongoing coronavirus, COVID-19. It's been a great concern, hasn't it? Yeah, most definitely. I think that's the biggest concern for all of us um, on this planet and Yes, we want to play cricket, we want to play sports, but I think that's the first first priority for us all as, as human beings especially. So hopefully it can be rectified sooner rather than later and then we can get back onto the field. 
Well, before we get into the cricket discussion, and I know I'm talking to a sportsman, but what have you really learned about this virus and, and what will you take away from its impact? I realize that we overlook the simple things about hygiene as, as human beings and things that we would consider just simply just washing your hands after you use the washroom, even, even when you come out from um, outdoor activities, stuff like that. So I think we need to pay more attention to it. And as a society, we really need to, to make it a priority for us to make sure we, we're very hygienic and look after the people around you. All right, now let's get into the, the meat of the matter. Let's rewind to 2019. Shay, you had a prolific year as a one international player in the top five, but the year on a personal note started slow for you personally in test cricket. Ben Stokes to Shay Hope. Two slips, a gully, a short leg, waiting. Oh, short leg! Batten pad! There is Wood once again, and uh, he's in. Driven corner gully! Rory Burns takes the capture gully! Anderson comes in on balls to Hope, and Hope is edging, and he's caught, taken by the keeper. You said it in, in the start the best way for me, but I think that's probably what gave the spark, because um, that was our first Test Series win against England in the Caribbean for some time, and it was a big motivator for us as a Test team, and then from there it was just about trying to build on what I started, and yeah, there's a lot that you can look back on from the year, you know, there's, there's a lot of ups and downs, especially in sport. I'm just pleased to be able to be doing what I love and, and getting the, the achievements to go along with it. Yeah, we speak about that Test Series. When you, you, you review that Test Series, West Indies won 2-1. Um, what was it about that Series then that spurred you on to then score so many runs after that in one internationals? Because that is where you really shun. Where you didn't shine that much in the Test cricket, personally. What spurred you on from winning a Test Series, being part of the team, not doing well, but to do so good in the ODIs? As as long as I cross that rope, the, um, the aim for me is to always try to put my best foot forward and, and, and perform for the team, perform for West Indies. And I think that the lack of success would always spur on any any sportsman. And for me, it does a lot. You know, it makes you think. It makes you go back to the drawing board. And it actually plays a lot more your mental side of the game than your physical side of the game. So. It's, it's, it's a lot that you can think about, a lot that you can talk about. But for me, it's about understanding your, your, where you are, where you're at as a cricketer, where you're at as a person, and trying to find ways to improve and better yourself. And I, I think that cricket, especially in the test arena, it has really done those things for me. And understanding that life really does throw some challenges at you. It's about being able to deal with them. And as I said, whenever I cross that rope, I try to put my best foot forward. And in the ODIs, it, it has been pretty good to me so far and the aim is to continue that well to be honest the pitches were very helpful and without wanting to water down with victories uh, did that play a huge part how the pitches were prepared I wouldn't say that but as far as I know you know anyone could say anything about any situation and regardless of the conditions or what people say about the conditions we both have to play on them so whether Yes, there may be some advantage if you have to bowl first on a, on a pitch that's assisting the bowlers. But having said that, both teams have to play on the same surface. And whichever team plays the surface better, then you expect them to win. And it just so happened to be us on, 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 in that series. That's very well said. Now, one internationals, Shay. When you cross that line, you change your uniform and you put on those uh, red shirts and pants. You just turn into a, a run machine. What is it about one-day cricket that has made Shea Hope a big player in the ODIs? I just think the desire to bat, man. I, from growing up, I always wanted to spend time at the crease, and I enjoy batting, I enjoy cricket. So I'm sure everyone playing sport doesn't enjoy being inside the pavilion and watching. So as a batsman, you want to score as many runs as you can, and my job is to, to occupy the crease as long as I can for the team, and as long as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm, I think I'm being... You know, helpful for my team, for the region. So hopefully some of that can continue and it's not just a one year. Another exhibition of Coley's mastery of this format of the game. Number 42 in ODIs for Virat Kohli, the captain of India. You look at the fact that Virat Kohli, um, who's got about what, 42, 43, one international hundreds, you've just got about nine. And... You are much younger than him. What are your goals in terms of perhaps reaching 
the the great measures of consistency and uh, uh, records that someone like Virat Kohli has reached. Where do you see yourself in ten years' time? Funny enough, I actually don't look at those things. It may seem strange as a, as an aspiring young cricketer, but my main goal is to win games for West Indies. I think that everything that comes along with it is a plus. So. I guess the next the next um, four years for us would be the main priority, the World Cup coming up. But for me, it's to win a World Cup, and any any other accolades, any other achievements that I can that I can get along the way, then it's a definite plus. But I don't necessarily see myself achieving anything in particular. Of course, you would want to as a cricketer and as a, as an aspiring sportsman. But having said that, the main goal for me is to, to win games and you know hopefully win win the next World Cup for West Indies. Many special innings in, in 2019. If you had to single out one, what innings was that that you would say this was the innings to me that was the most crucial, the most special for West Indies? That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I know there were many. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're different innings for different reasons. So I remember one back in, in Lucknow against Afghanistan where they predominantly went, went to throw um, Rashid Khan and Mujib at us. Um, it was basically for me to negate those those two strike bowlers. And I knew that as long as I stayed there for the team, that we'd have the best chance of winning the game. This is an ODI? This is in the test match? ODI. ODI. Mm-hmm. So the key for me was to really make sure they didn't get any, any wickets. Because some of the guys, they, they, were, they were talking about difficulty of picking some of the bowlers, and which is understandable. And as a team, we need to make sure we pull each other's weight. We have to help other teams. So that's what a team is. And my role is to really make sure they didn't get any break, uh, breakthroughs. And to me, that's one of the sparks in my 2019. There's some other innings that I play too that, as I said, they have different, you know, different things about them. But the key for me, I guess, would, would have been that Afghanistan ODI game. When you look at the fact, Shay, that um, your, your ODI cricket continues to spark, you had a chance to play T20s as well, and of course you're a test cricketer. What are the, when you look at the three versions of cricket, which is the one that you, you want to leave your legacy in? All three. <laughs> All three? So do you, you see yourself being part of that T20 team that will be going to the World Cup? Well, I love to be. I, I love cricket. I want to play every format if I can. And... I love the different challenges that each format brings. So hopefully I can be a part of that team. I can continue to showcase my, showcase my skills and hopefully the selectors would, uh, would be on the same page as me when the um, selection process is being done. Oh! Drop catch. Has he touched it? Is it run out of the non-striker's end? Carl Hope is, oh, he's going to have to go. Your dad, Ian, he's always been there for you, but it must have been heart-wrenching for him to see two sons play for the West Indies. Shea succeeds, but Kyle has not been as prolific. How did he view that? Uh, as I said, life life is one of those things where you can't necessarily have it all your way. Let's put it that way. And um, I'd still say that Kyle has been very successful. It's not obviously as successful as you want on the international stage but he's done a lot off the field as well so I think that as a parent seeing seeing your two sons play for West Indies that must mean a lot whether it's one game a hundred games having two sons to play for West Indies that must be a big big thing for any parent so I'm sure he's pleased Jimmy Anderson, new over, short and pulled away by Campbell for the winning runs. He punches the air in celebration. He's embraced by his partner Craig Brathwaite. The West Indies have beaten England by ten wickets with two and a bit days to spare and they take an unassailable 2-0 lead in the series. Well, you're listening to the collective here on Talk Sport. I'm Barry Wilkinson, and with me is Shea Hope, the West Indies and Barbados cricketer. What is the goal of Shea Hope, and do you believe that the West Indies can be successful against England come June? If I didn't believe that, then I shouldn't be in the team. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, of course, I think we could we, we we could win that series as long as you step onto that pitch. You have to make sure you have that self belief. 
you've been practicing, you've been playing for for many years, and and this is what <laughs> what you grew up looking to do, what, what you want to do as a as a teenager, as a kid. So I think that if it does go on the series, that I think the heads will be turned towards that series. You know, it's 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 one of those those series that a lot of people look at. And I'm not going to necessarily say that it's, 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 it's as as big as an Ashes series, but I would say that I know a West Indies English series is always a big series for people to watch and, and pay pay attention to. But yeah, I, I I can't control what's going on around me, and hopefully there's something that can miraculously happen for this series to be a go ahead. Shay, um, in terms of your cricket uh, internationally now, I'm talking about your uh, connections and your friendships with international players. Who are some of your, your, your better friends? that play, you know, for India or for Pakistan or for, for England? Who are some of the, the, the friends that you have that are not West Indians? Uh, well, I, I've actually met most of my um, friends around international cricket through CPL. Um, I keep in contact with Hashim Amla. I played with him um, two CPLs ago, as well as JP Dumini. And I, I, have, I have a few conversations with them, especially about batting and just life in general sometimes. And um, I, I would say I have a decent relationship with most of my um, uh, teams I played against. So hopefully, uh, I, well, I want to wish them well, especially in these times with the coronavirus going around. Um, but yeah, I've, I've met a few friends around world cricket, and as much as they, they wish me well, I want to wish them well as well. The final ball. He's given it. He has given it. Uh, you know, we, we look also at the fact that while the coronavirus is indeed having a massive impact, um, IPL likely to be either scrapped or uh, truncated. Are you disappointed that you haven't picked up an IPL contract as yet in your career? <laughs> I wouldn't say disappointed. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the things I want to be a part of, obviously. But as I say, things, things that life take takes a lot more time than you really expect and you want it to but yeah I, I think in in the future hopefully near future i could be involved in the ipl and while the ipl is uh, truncated or indeed might be called off um you do you watch a lot of the ipl and do you have a particular team that you follow or you know that you're saying yeah i think this is a good team to win yes i do follow the ipl um i was a big rcb fan when chris gill was there um i followed them a lot uh, obviously, Chris Gale, Virat, and maybe the videos were in the same team. And now Shimron Hetmeyer. <laughs> well, no, he's, he's left them, yeah. yeah. He was last year. So what I tend to do now is, is just keep, in, uh, keep tabs on the West Indian players especially. So my fellow teammates, I, I watch their games as best as I can. So last year, for example, I would, I would break my sleep and my, my, my runarounds for um, the guys back then. Shay, tell me about how your career started. Yeah, well, it first started when I saw my dad and my brother playing cricket. Um, I always was very intrigued as to what they were doing and what this thing is. <laughs> what age was that, Aram? As soon as I could walk, to be honest. I, I can't remember the exact age, but I remember seeing them play and I always wanted to know and be involved. So my dad, who who's a joiner, he, he, he basically does anything with what he's um, he made a cricket bat for me, a small bat for me. And in the workshop where he works, he would just lob some balls at me and I would hit it. And he was telling me, well, he told me this obviously when I was a, a lot older. He was saying that my hand-eye coordination from then was pretty decent. And he said, well, if I enjoy, if I enjoy the sport from so young, then why, why would I stop me from playing it? So he continued to throw some balls at me every once in a while and it just became a thing so from there I just continued to practice and you know we would spend some time together playing along with my brother as well so coming through the years um, from primary school to secondary school I'll, I'll continue doing those things with, with them um, so yeah so I guess from a young age I was always interested in the game and always wanted to to be better and improve and, and learn more things I remember when you were about nine years old I was working then with the Caribbean Broadcasting Corporation and I was doing the news and uh, 
as soon as the news finished, Tino Best called me. I said, Barry, who's that youngster from Cyprian School? Uh, I can't remember his name, but he, he played a cover drive tonight. He's only eight or nine years old. Who is he? I said, oh, that's a youngster called Shea Hope. So from primary school, you're also a, a very, very um, influential person because Tino Best and some other people caught your eye. You, do you remember those days? Yes, of course I remember those days. I remember Tino coming to watch me as well. Uh, I think I was playing against either St. Gabriel's or St. Winifred's in one of the games. And he was driving past. He was just he just peeping at the game and then he stopped. He actually stopped and got out of the vehicle and watched the rest of the innings. And after the innings, he came and, and said a few words to me and was saying that if I can... You know, if I continue along these lines and I stay driven and stay motivated, that I could actually make it somewhere in cricket. So it was just nice to see him um, share those few words to, to myself and along with the rest of uh, cricketers in my age group. So it's nice to obviously have someone of that status because uh, he was playing for West Indies at that time and we all knew who he was. So to see him come <laughs> and watch us play, it, it was a big thing for us. Who doesn't know who Tino is? Everyone in the early knows Tino best. Of course. <laughs> now, you went on to Queen's College, one of the best, if not the best, secondary school here in Barbados. You played under 15 for the island as well. Under 13 and under 15. Under 13, under 15 and under 19 for Barbados. Um, at QC, there were a few uh, Barbados under 15 cricketers and under 13 cricketers. Um, we won the under 15 schools tournament as well, my last year in under 15. And we got to the finals and we lost to Common Mayor in the under-19. So we had a pretty decent bunch of cricketers at Queen's College around that time. And cricket at Queen's College has improved. I, I think we won the under-13, either under-13 or under-15 competition this, this year, last year. So it's nice to see that the cricket has, has remained um, at, at a decent, decent level. Tell me about your, your schooling in England. How did that come about? What's the school you went to in England? And uh, how did that uh, opportunity arise? Um, it, <laughs> it materialized um, through one of these scouts coming from, from England. Um, he, he was a former England player, and he's, he is still one of the coaches at St. Bede's School. The school is St. Bede's. Uh, it's called Bede's now. I think the, the saint has been removed. Um, so he came he came to watch a few games and you know just see what it's like um, but what really the decision for me was um, it's just to see something new you know it, it was it was one of those things where um, I guess I was 15 16 and you think about it it's like do I really want to go overseas do I really want to leave my family my friends you know and and see the world basically alone by myself because that was the biggest thing there's no one that you, you don't know anyone when you get there it's, it's, it's all new but I think that's why I wanted to go afterwards when I really sat and thought about it like maybe this is this is the opportunity that I need maybe this is going to open my eyes to a lot of different things the way people live the way people do things so um, it's one thing that I would never regret, regret really um, where's Beats? this is in East Sussex okay. yeah East Sussex um but yeah, whenever whenever I get some time, I always keep in contact with some people from the school. The coach himself, which is Alan Wells, uh, he played. As I said, he played. A, I think he played one Test match for for England, and he was one of those persons who really helped me through my my two school years. There, yeah, I did lower six and upper six at beat, and as I said, we never regret it. It's definitely one thing that really I I I need to keep close to my heart, definitely. That's fantastic stuff, especially for those people uh, living in England. I'm sure that Beads is going to go up in its in the stocks, which have been dipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, as I said, I, I really want to make it back to the school. I, I wanted to for quite some time, but um, our schedule, as as we all know, is pretty hectic sometimes, and to find that that gap can be quite difficult. But yeah, I, I'm 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 definitely looking forward to being involved with the school as best as I can because they they really. You know, gave the opportunity to learn and understand what life is really like abroad. So I'm definitely happy for that opportunity. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Absolutely thrilled. His first century in Test match cricket, and he's played quite splendidly. That's the winning run. No one at the backward square, and it trickles into the boundary. They ran two before it got to the boundary, though, so officially that will go down as the two runs needed to win. And we had a really, really good meeting after the, the Edgbaston Test match, and I felt from there, you know, I could see um, most of the guys understanding a lot more about what was required of them and, and, and where we needed to be in terms of coming into this Test match and performing. And as I said, credit must go to everybody. You know, everybody put their hands up. I don't think there's a question of us not working hard. You know, we work really hard behind the scenes, and I don't think anybody shirts their, their, their work or, or what's required from them. So. To come and all the preparation you know, pays off, and you know, I feel really, really good. Let's talk test cricket now. You look at the fact that despite all the success you've had at the ODIA level, your test um, cricket has not been as, as sharp. In fact, there was a time, Shay, that you, you averaged about 11 or 12 for a long time. But then came the summer of uh, 2018, was it? 20, 2017, uh, when West Indies went to England. And Shea Hope cracked two of the best centuries you would see in the England summer. And the West Indies actually beat England at Headingley, which has not been one of their main hunting grounds. Tell me about your test career. Tell me about those two innings, first of all. And if your average, your very low average initially ever, you know, preyed upon your mind. Yeah, of course it would. Um, you're a batsman and you want to you wanna be scoring runs every time you go to the pitch. Um, unfortunately, it can't happen, but... Um, yeah, as I said, whenever I cross that line, I, I just try to put my best foot forward, regardless of what happens, what conditions are thrown at you. The key is to, to fight for the team, fight for the region. Um, unfortunately, I can get the scores, which we all would love. Um, 
no one more than myself, obviously. But yeah, it's 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 one of those things that will always be close to my heart. Um, knowing that we went there and basically everyone, you know, wrote us off. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. And particularly Jeffrey Boycott. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I just know it was many people. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure I could speak the same for the for the other my other teammates. And it was a big motivator for us, knowing what people really thought of us as a team, as an international team especially. And after the first game, we did we did get a hammering. And I think there was no there's, there was no way that we, we, we'd, we'd go down 2-0 in that series. We really went back to the drawing board. We did a lot of talking amongst ourselves. And we, we said there's no way we're going to go down 2-0. We really have to put up a fight here and come back strong. And it just so happened that we won that game and gave us a big chance for the last test at large. Why do you think you haven't been able to, to replicate your ODI form in, in test form? Anderson comes in on balls to Hope, and Hope is edging, and he's caught, taken by the keeper. That was an inside edge. It was a very, very good delivery there for Anderson, who's finally got to deserve credit for good bowling. I've been getting out. <laughs> That's the simplest answer I can give you. Uh-huh. Uh, I, honestly, if I had the answers, then I am assuming that I would have better um, better scores to my name. Oh, you might, you might have the answers, but you probably might be not getting the, the right chance or the, the, the right thing to implement them? Um, it's a bit of both, you know. Um, sometimes you, you do know what you need to do. You do know, you do know what's required, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. As it's, it's the same thing with life. And as much as I, I'm trying, as much as I want to be better, as much as I want to improve, sometimes you just have to accept the fact that and try not to beat yourself up too much because I don't think there's anyone in, in the world that can be harder on themselves than, than, than me. And I... As I said, I just really wanted to turn around and as I said, I'm trying to do everything possible to get those scores for the team, especially in times when we need our batsmen to, to really fight and stand up and get you know, get those runs on the board for the bowlers. Edge gone and slip. Joe Root takes the catch straight in. Ben Stokes strikes. And Craig Brathwaite's Vigil comes to an end. Um, that series as well, Craig Brathwick, your good friend, um, he also shunned in that test match, but he too has been struggling for some, some test match form. If you had to you know, pick up the phone and say something to him to encourage him, what would you tell good old Craig who's struggling to perhaps uh, even possibly get in the team this year? i say, what are we going to do about these runs? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly never ever worry about Craig. Craig is one of those batsmen that you know as soon as he takes with his bat that you expect him to score runs. I think that may be a big thing for him, you know, that people may be expecting to score runs all the time. But I have that confidence and belief in him that whenever he goes to the crease that he's going to get a big one. And regardless, if he can score 100 ducks in a row, I know that that next innings, I always have the belief in Craig to know, okay, he's good enough, he's done it before, and he's going to do it many times after. So I just want him to, to keep that belief and I know that he's... He's definitely a good enough player to, to, to be getting those big scores. And I just want to keep wishing him well and everyone else in the team. Our original first-class uh, season um, is obviously truncated this year, which is unfortunate. What would you like to see happen for cricket in the Caribbean to become more competitive at a regional level? Because, I mean, you don't play as much now because of travelling. But if it had to you know, come to the case where you, you were going to be playing, what could help? those other cricketers improve their game? I just think the the competitiveness needs to remain. You know, I remember back then you would you would hear about the legends playing first class cricket against each other and you would hear how, how fierce these battles would be. And I'm not saying it's it's gone, but I think that we can get a bit more of that in the region. Um, obviously the pitches could always improve, you know, could have different types of pitches for different um islands that you travel around and it would also help when you travel to when you, when you play international cricket and you travel overseas because if all the pitches are the same then we're only known for one type of pitch whereas if we if you're a bit more diverse as to how different um, international teams would prepare their pitches then we'd have a better understanding of which pitch to play on when we travel there so let's say for instance we go into an Australia and we have somewhere in the Caribbean where they'd have those types of pitches that we can go and practice. We can have a camp there. We can you know, do, do certain things that we can prepare and have the best preparation for those series. So that's just, uh, I guess, a few things that we could always improve on and I think that would better our cricket.
as Ben Stokes goes down the pitch to Roston Chase and hits him for a one-bounce ball back over his head. Fluttering at the far end, Stokes is going to go down the pitch again, and that is a better shot than the first one. Nurse goes in and make that another six to the England title for this one from Ben Stokes. Short and pulled away by Stokes, he's middled that one. Oh, that's gone all the way. Stokes in again, steaming in once more. It's been taken, Stokes has done it again! Just when England needed a hero, they found one! When you look at the England team and you look at the all-round ability in that side, you've got people like uh, Ben Stokes, um, who is a really a fantastic all-rounder. Is he one that when you perhaps look at the, the players in the, the opposition that you'll be looking up for this summer. Is he one that the West Indies team and the players have their eyes on that can cause some trouble? Of course. Um, he is one of the better all owners in the world, but we, ha we have the best all owners in the world, so we have someone that can definitely combat that. Um, yeah, you know, he's, he's definitely one of those players that can change the game at any moment. And as long as he's at the crease, we need to make sure we, 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 we stay on top of him. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not necessarily only Benzos. They have a lot of game changers in the team, and we do as well. So the key is for, for us to play each crucial moment of the game better than the opposition. Short top edge hook shot down towards fine leg. Should be out and is. Sam Curran takes a very good catch. And Archer has his fifth wicket. What do you, what do you think about uh, Jaffa Archer? Um, you, play, you played with him in the nets and so on. I don't know if you ever played Division One cricket here with him. Um, but him coming to England was a big thing. It was big news. And he got off to a fantastic start. What is your whole feel on the whole Jaffa Archer playing for England uh, coming from your island here in Barbados? I think it's a good opportunity for him. You know, we, we played at Pickwick together. I played a few games with him. So I know him. I know him well enough to know. You know, it's, it, it was an opportunity thing for him. And I'm just happy to see him doing well, you know, as a, as a close person to me, as a friend. And anyone close to you, obviously, want to see them do well at Excel. So, except for this series, if we, if, if, <laughs> if we play against him. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's, let's picture this series then. Jaffa Archer to Shea Hope. What's going to happen? Hopefully, he wouldn't get me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Something I've been looking forward to for quite some time. As soon as he started playing international cricket I always wanted to face him because to me I think he's one of the better bowlers in the world now he has the ability to to, to, to outfox batsmen he has his skill he has his pace so to face those types of bowlers will really showcase your skills as a batsman I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to facing him and uh, as, we, as we wrap up um, the West Indies also will play South Africa and New Zealand um, we're assuming like I said that those series will go ahead how important are those two series um, that the, the Windies will face having not played South Africa in quite some time? Yeah, every series we play now is definitely going to be at the forefront for us. We know that we're not at the best you know, ranking spot that we want to be. So every single game we play, every single session, every single series. So um, it's definitely going to be a, a big thing for us. So hopefully we can come out on top against those and start climbing the rankings again. Finally, any shout-outs to your friends listening in the UK? Yes, I just want to tell everyone to stay safe, um, look after your counterparts, make sure you, you check on your family, especially the elderly and the young ones. So, I wish you well. Shea Hope, thanks for joining us on TalkSport and The Collective. You've been listening to an exclusive interview with the West Indies batsman Shea Hope here on the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. If you missed any of that or want to catch up, download the podcast from the following on feed, available on Apple Podcasts, Acast and Spotify. Still to come, we'll speak to the man who conducted that interview as Barry Wilkinson joins us to talk about the player and the West Indies who have announced this week they will be coming to England and also talk about the other big stories coming out of the Caribbean. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Welcome back to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2 and I'm delighted after uh, listening to the dulcet tones of Barry Wilkinson 
um, sipping pina coladas, no doubt, whilst talking to Shay Hope in uh, Barbados. Uh, the, the great man joins me on the line. Um, it's a couple of weeks on since uh, you sat down with Shay Hope to talk about uh, his hopes uh, looking ahead to the West Indies series, which is now going to be taking place in a month's time. But a lot has gone on in that time, hasn't it, Barry? And there's been uh, some bad news for the players. 50% pay cut. Um, and that's not really the news you want ahead of a long tour to England. Yeah, hello to you, John. Yeah, no, it's not the kind of news that you would want anywhere, even if you're just going the next patch in Barbados. But uh, look, things have not been normal in the West Indies in the world uh, with the COVID-19. So it's something that's obviously very necessary. And, and only on Thursday, the West Indies cricket, the cricket West Indies, would have decided that uh, the players, the entire board have been asked to take a 50% pay cut. In fact, uh, just today, uh, or yesterday, you can say, they, they were ratifying, cancelling their 50-over tournament, which is the annual Super 50 tournament, and also cutting next year's uh, professional cricket league to just five rounds rather than 10 rounds. So a lot has been going on due to the COVID-19, and uh, they've obviously had to make some budget cuts. I do understand, however, that the England tour, the players are, are, or they might be paid in full for that tour. I think that's being mooted, but that's not confirmed as yet. But uh, that's what I understand is that, that they're trying to accommodate the players for this, the England tour. Even if their salaries are cut by 50%, that they will get the uh, remainder of their fees for the, for the England tour uh, for that particular uh, two-month period. Can you tell me what the mood is within the camp about the idea of having to go into quarantine for two weeks before they can even get going with a bit of training? Well, they have resumed training uh, locally and they're not training at all together. In fact, um, half of the squad is training on one day and the other half on the next day. So it's been a very kind of odd and very kind of weird period. I haven't been to the training session because the media has not been invited to training. Um, but what I can tell you, having just spoken to a couple of players uh, uh, you know, WhatsApp or, or on the telephone, uh, they are excited about going to England because that's where every player wants to go to play cricket. But I think that they, they don't know what to expect when they get there. And I think that's the, the what everyone is just trying to work out. What is it going to be like? I mean, you're going to England, but it's not going to be the usual having to uh, go to the pub or go to the bar to have a drink. I don't think they, they, they know what to expect when uh, there's off time and there's downtime. I think that's what the, uh, everyone is a bit nervous about because, you know, you don't just go to England to play cricket, you go to socialise. And that lack of socialisation is going to perhaps kill off the players' vibe. And I'm just a bit worried about that. So they too are concerned about what to expect uh, when they get there, what they can do, what they can't do. And that's what they uh, want to know at this particular time. Other than that, they're excited to be playing cricket again, but they're, they're more concerned at this stage with the off-the-field uh, activities as to the do's and don'ts when they do reach England. Um, and are the players hearing anything about PL in terms of their participation in that, whether that will continue or happen this year? Well, as you, as you might have heard, the IPL is going to be played in October, November once. The uh, 50, the T20 World Cup is indeed postponed. I think that's what the BCCI are trying to arrange. What is not known is if the international players will be will be making the trek. Um, I, I did speak to two players who are involved in the IPL, and they have not heard anything official from their agents or from the particular franchises. So they are also in the dark about the IPL. And um, I can tell you, they're also quite keen to play IPL cricket, but they, they just also are very weary about travelling so far. And with this coronavirus still very much airborne, if, you know, if they contract it, then what? So they want to get to the IPL as well. They want to earn the money, but there's just an air of scepticism about going so far to India, about travelling and playing cricket um, in, in, in such vast countries, and then the coronavirus is still around. So it's a wait-and-see game, but they do want to play, they do want to get to India as well. Can you give me an idea of what the media coverage in the Caribbean is like of the, uh, the problems that the UK are facing with coronavirus? 
Well, we do have BBC on radio here. 92.1 FM is uh, BBC radio. So a lot of people here are tuned to that 24-7. And, um, I mean, Barbados is little England. So you would imagine that everything that you guys do, we are well abreast of. And I think when you when you look at the fact that I would say, what, 60% of our tourism market is out of the UK, and now that that has been eaten up and that's diminished, uh, we are, we're all in tune to see when flights will resume from England to Barbados. So everything that's happening there, the media is well in keeping people in tune because it's very important for flights to resume from England uh, to Barbados and from Barbados to the UK for tourism market. I mean, we are, we are heavily dependent upon that. And therefore, we are very much in tune as to what's happening with the coronavirus in the UK here in Barbados. So it was only a couple of years ago we were alongside each other in Barbados watching the West Indies beat England in that first test match. Famous victory, of course. Give me an idea about the makeup of the West Indies side. Will it be very similar to what England faced back at the start of 2019? Actually, it wasn't years ago. It was this time last year. Yeah, it was last year. <laughs> yeah, it was last year, January to March. Uh, the squad is virtually the same. In fact, what they're doing, they're bringing 25 players. Um, so it's going to be a broader squad, but the same players that you would have had last year, uh, Craig Braswick, Kimaru, Shannon Gabriel is back uh, fit, and he'll be touring again. Jason Holder, Shane Dalrich, you remember that very famous uh, double-century stand that they had in Barbados to help them win. Uh, Roston Chase have got eight wickets. Yeah, look, the same characters, the same players are coming back. And um, they have had limited opportunities, though, to play test cricket. Because after that England series, they, were, they would have only played um, against India in a two-test series. And then they played a one-off test against Afghanistan. And, of course, this year they've played no test cricket whatsoever. So, look, to be quite honest, they have played very little test cricket they played against England. They've played a lot of one internationals and a lot of T20s, but only about three test matches since that series. So it's almost like they're going to be continuing from or trying to continue for where they left off in Samusha uh, when they would have played that last test in, in, March, in March. And we've, of course, been listening to your interview with Shay Hope. Uh, what are we expecting or hoping from him over the next couple of weeks? What was he? As a player, he hasn't played much test stuff, but um, is he still very much in the first 11 in terms of uh, taking to the field for that first test match? Oh, most definitely he will be in the, in the starting 11. Uh, Shea Hope's form in uh, 50 over cricket has been so impressive. I mean, he averages just over 50 in the 50 over cricket. And um, when you look at the fact that the two test centuries that he has, that he's made them in England uh, at Leeds, I believe, uh, he'll definitely be looking to try and pick back up his form when he gets there. Uh, his test cricket game has been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, those two test centuries were, were crucial. They helped the West Indies bounce back when they were beaten in the, after that first test and they then went on to win that second test in a memorable game. But I think he was very disappointed with the fact that he has not been able to, to transform that uh, test that one day formed into test cricket, and he's going to want to make that right. Uh, he'll definitely be starting because he's one of the key players. He's in form. And I think he has a very crucial role to play, uh, batting at number three or four in that test team. So, yeah, he will want to make wrongs right, and he will definitely be starting once fully fit and once everything is, is good to go. He'll definitely be in the starting 11 for that first test. And how is Jason Holder um, faring? We heard your interview with him a couple of weeks ago. Said he was uh, chastened to be um, the, for the ODI captaincy to be taken away. Uh, still Test captain, but uh, is he still in full command of the team? Yeah, he is still in very much in full command of the team. In fact, I, I had a chat with him yesterday. He is playing a lots of golf. I can tell you, he loves to play golf. And, from the time the restrictions were eased on golf a couple of weeks ago, he was the first one on the greens. But, um, look, to be honest, he's a, a very competitive 
individual, Jason Holder. He has the respect of the, the team in, in Test cricket because he's, you know, one of the top all-rounders in Test cricket. And uh, I think this period where there's been no cricket has taught him and the other players a lesson as to how valuable this game is and how they have to, you know, keep going to keep their names and their, their strengths and their um, performances up. So, yeah, look, he's going to be definitely one of the players who everyone is going to be looking to, to perform with bat and ball. And then leadership, his test leadership has not been that bad. Like I said, the last test series that they played was against Afghanistan, and they won that. Mind you, it was just a, a one-off one, but it was in, in, uh, in different conditions. It was in India, and he was able to win that. And uh, I guess against India, they lost, but they, they won against England, so he wants to maintain that record. So, yeah, look, he's definitely going to be looked up to, and the players will be wanting him to do well. And I'll be really sitting down with Kamar Roach at some point this week um, for another Barry Walkinson special interview, which we'll be playing out hopefully next week on the Cricket Collective. I look forward to that. Kimar is just uh, on the verge of, of 200 wickets in Test cricket. He's one of the most successful West Indies bowlers. He's in the top 10 in the West Indies. And when you look at how well he did against England in, in, uh, against England in the West Indies, he, he wants to pick up those 200 wickets against England. And I think he will. I mean, he's bowling quite good, and his form in Test cricket has been the best in the last four or five years of any West Indies bowler. Brilliant stuff, Barry Wilkinson, uh, part of our team. Uh, the start of last year, of course. How could I forget? Time has just ceased to uh, really mean yeah, the same thing time. since lockdown began. But uh, I appreciate your time, Barry. Go well, and uh, look forward to that interview. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the Cricket Collective this week. But as promised, uh, this time next week, between six and seven on TalkSport 2, Barry Wilkinson in conversation with uh, the West Indies fast bowler, a man who terrorised England at the start of 2019, Kamar Roach. So plenty to look forward to. The cricket isn't too far away from getting underway again. Plenty of reasons to be cheerful. You've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.